to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The Trump Tower White House. In violation of the Hatch Act, President Trump used the White House as a background prop for the Republican National Convention, the Trump Tower White House, because Ivanka talked him out of calling it Trump Castle. The snotty little bastard who actually has a snotty little point. The Republican National Convention featured snotty little bastard Nick Sandman, the previously snotty little kid whose snotty little confrontation with a Native American activist was snottily amplified by snotty liberals, despite the inherent snottiness of scrutinizing a snotty little kid until that snotty little kid becomes old enough to be a snotty little bastard. And cocaine. In an unexpected nod to alternative energy sources, this year's Republican convention was fueled entirely by cocaine. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices are as soft and not coked up sounding as Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle thought they were being. Our top story this week. ExxonMobil, the longest standing company on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, is being kicked off of the Dow Jones effective the end of August. For more on this news, Barely Audible Whisper presents a segment called When Capitalists Go All Capitalists on Other Capitalists. ExxonMobil used to be such an untouchably powerful company that they barely suffered any consequences when they literally destroyed the ocean in the 1980s. I'm Exxon Valdez Captain Joseph Hazelwood. I got drunk and went to my room while my crew crashed an oil tanker into a reef and spilled 10.8 million gallons of oil into the ocean. And all I got was a misdemeanor charge. But while destroying the ocean comes with no consequences, failure to destroy the earth via fracking cost Exxon dearly. We failed to invest in fracking, which is the process of injecting toxic sludge underground to free up mineral deposits for mining. Obviously, we didn't care about the environmental hazards, but we didn't want to invest the capital. By the time Exxon finally caught up to the fracking boom, they were too far behind to compete with the competition. We tried to get in on the new gold mine of profiting off of environmental destruction, but it was too late. I even volunteered to get drunk and recklessly fuck a bunch of shit up for them. But by that time, Chevron had the recklessly fucking shit up market cornered. We surpass Exxon as the wealthiest energy company in America for the low price of a bunch of earthquakes in places that didn't used to suffer from earthquakes. I can't even begin to imagine getting drunk enough to cause an earthquake. We're causing earthquakes, poisoning drinking water, and pumping pollution into the atmosphere. We're simply outmatched. It's like Gandhi said. Be the change you want to profit from in the climate. And so, having failed to cash in on fracking, Exxon found itself in a weak position when demand for oil dropped due to coronavirus. That's two massively destructive tragedies we failed to cash in on. We're really slipping. Leaving the five way-too-powerful scumbags who control the Dow Jones Industrial Average, no choice but to kick Exxon's broke ass to the curb. Hey, don't let the door frack loose the mineral deposits in your ass on the way out. I can't believe we were kicked off of the Dow Jones Industrial Average after 92 years. For almost 100 years, Exxon was on the Dow Jones. 
screwing landowners out of mineral rights, corrupting governments, propping up ruthless dictators, exploiting our laborers, destroying the environment, avoiding taxes, instigating wars, falsifying research, defrauding consumers, mistreating indigenous peoples, destroying communities, bribing officials, correcting democracies, sabotaging competitors, and manipulating markets. Who knew capitalism could be so cruel? Just crunch something? Oh God, the ship hit another reef. <laughs> During the opening night of the Republican convention, ex-football star Herschel Walker defended President Trump against accusations that the president is racist. I'm black and President Trump is my friend, so he can't be racist because as I mentioned earlier, I am black and he is my friend. Therefore, by the rules of the black friend, Established by white people with one black friend, I can use the magical powers associated with my blackness to dispel accusations of racism. That may sound racist, but I'm black, and therefore my justification of racism cannot be called racism because racists say so. However, the story of how Herschel Walker became Donald Trump's black friend actually tells the story of how Donald Trump is a stupid, impulsive, short-sighted business failure and has nothing to do with his racism. So I guess they kind of have a point? For more on the story of how Donald met Herschel, Barely Audible Whisper turns to Fox News personality and drunken Trump cheerleader Judge Janine Pirro. Judge Janine here. Herschel Walker was one of the greatest college football players of all time. He was a phenomenal running back. But more importantly, he kept his damn mouth shut about politics. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. I want to buy the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, the destroyed Trump NFL wouldn't let Trump buy the Buffalo Bills just because he was a failed businessman who lied about his assets when he tried to purchase the team. Even in the 80s, the radical left was conspiring against the American people to treat Trump fairly. It isn't fair. I want to own a football team. Even in the 80s, Trump was strong and mature in his ability to overcome adversity. Fine. I'll start my own football league, and it will be the most bestest football leagueiest football league in the history of football leagues. Unfortunately for Trump, the radical left, America-hating, communist, Fidel Castro-loving, terrorist NFL players refused to leave the NFL to play for Trump just because that was the sensible thing to do. Why would I want to leave a successful and long-established football league to play for some yuppie egomaniac whose only business acumen is having a rich father? Because America! That doesn't make any sense. And I realize that despite playing a sport that causes brain trauma at a time when nobody is taking any precautions to prevent said brain trauma. But one impulsive hero failed to have the foresight to realize that joining Donald Trump's football league would forestall and ultimately ruin an otherwise incredibly promising career. 
Hey, Herschel Walking Stick, you just won the Heisman Trophy and are the most highly sought-after prospect in all of football. I'll give you a few million more dollars than any NFL team to come be the only player in my entire football league who doesn't suck. Hmm. Seize the opportunity to establish myself as one of the greatest running backs of all time or make a couple million more bucks up front to be the only good player in an unproven league that's being run by a business failure with a rich father. That's a tough decision. And while most athletes would have done the sensible thing and signed with the NFL. Yeah. Herschel Walker, in true Trumpian fashion, did the stupid, short-sighted, and predictably dumb thing and chose Donald J. Trump. I'm going to play for Donald Trump's football league because when you have a promising future and unlimited potential, the best thing to do is attach your entire chance at success to the leadership of Donald Trump. I'm like the Nikki Haley of the 1980s. But the NFL-controlled deep state secretly plotted to make Trump's football league so unwatchable that even the biggest asshole NFL fans would rather spend time with their families. Oh well, another one of my most stableist, genius business plans failed. But because I am the bestest businessman ever, I will declare bankruptcy and somehow be the only one who makes any money off of my failure. Who could have possibly predicted Trump's football league would fail? I was able to predict it, and I have a concussion so big it has its own concussion. Instead of developing his talent at the highest level and perhaps becoming one of football's all-time greats, Herschel Walker wasted his first few professional seasons playing against subpar talent. So when Herschel Walker finally arrived in the NFL, he was pretty good, but never became great. Like I said, I was the Nikki Haley of the 1980s. So what if Hershey Bar Walking Dad wasted an opportunity working for me? Why doesn't he just call his rich daddy and buy another opportunity to waste like I do? So you see, America, Donald Trump took advantage of me and ruined my career with false promises. Not because I'm black, but because I'm gullible. It's a weird thing to highlight, but we're desperate. Presidential advisor and crude assemblage of sticks with skin stretched over them, Kellyanne Conway, is stepping down from her role in the White House at the end of this month. Conway claims that she is making this decision for the sake of her family, saying the plan is less drama, more mama. I feel like I've made it clear that more mama is literally the last thing I want. That was Conway's teenage daughter, Claudia, who has more on the Conway family drama. So, like, my parents are totally weird. They literally make no sense. They're so random. And unlike most teenagers, I actually mean they're so random. Like, you pulled two people out of a giant bowl of people and made them marry each other. Disagree about plenty, but we're united on what matters most. The kids. That's my dad, George, a fat lawyer who's trying to start a pointless rebellion against Trump within the Republican Party. Somehow he's my less embarrassing parent. I am gratefully and humbly leaving my position to focus on my children. And that's my mom, who you already know is TV's most famous liar, who has never in her life been grateful or humble. 
I've heard people say you are what you eat. And in my mom's case, that's true because she only eats fruit leather. Fortunately for me and my siblings, my mom looking like a shrink wrap skeleton and my dad looking like a waterlogged potato averages out to me and my siblings being pretty normal looking kids. When she broke the news that she was quitting her job for us, I was like, um... Claudia, Charlotte, Vanessa, uh, um... George, Mom, I'm George. I know. Georgie? I don't want to be called Georgie anymore. I've told you a million times. But your father's George. But you always call him fat ass, so just stick with that and call me George. Someone say my name? Yes, fat ass, come in. It's a family meeting. OMG, are you guys finally getting a divorce? No. We have an announcement that I think will bring our family closer than ever. You mean you'll actually learn my name? The media has been sharing a lot of fake news about our family. It's not fake news. I really am trying to get emancipated. So your father and I are both stepping down from our jobs so that we can all spend more time together. And then, after a week, you'll realize we all hate each other and you can finally get a divorce? Doing all of your schooling from home is going to be hard. And... And whose fault is that? That the coronavirus is still so bad and we can't go back to school? Gina's, of course. President Trump's, of course. You take that back! The president saved hundreds of thousands of lives by not doing more to kill them. How do you continue to defend that man after all the things he said about your husband? Me. Yeah, I can basically bring up Trump and instantly get them fighting anytime I want, which is pretty fun. Cruella, which is my fun nickname for mom, claims the goal is less drama, more mama. So now I really have to up my drama game to get her to go back to work. Who did this? <laughs> Not me, but it's hilarious. Did what, Bones? I had this custom picture frame made saying, less drama, more mama, and put a big picture of myself in it. Somebody replaced the picture with some black guy and changed it to say, less drama, more Obama? That black guy is Obama. Uh, it sounds like something Dad would do. No, I wouldn't. Only because you're not clever enough. Badass, did you do this? Bones, I promise you I didn't. Oh my god, I did it, so obviously. Why? Because I hate you. I wish Michelle Obama was my mom. Claudia, this is the closest I've ever come to crying. For the record, she wasn't anywhere close to crying. Not yet. I had to go farther. So I tried a bunch of stuff. I dated a Honduran kid. 
You need to tell your boyfriend to go back to Mexico before I have him deported. He's under an American. He was born in Maryland. Mummified racist. Then I'll have his parents deported. And she did, so that backfired, and now Juan Carlos won't speak to me. I also tried pretending to be bulimic. That's good. Claudia, keep it up. Keep it coming. Jesus Christ, Mom. You're encouraging an eating disorder? You don't want to turn out like fat ass, do you? I'm faking it. Can't you see you're driving me crazy? You're an even worse mom than you are a human being. How much drama is it going to take to get you to go back to work? Claudia, please. I was working in the Trump administration. There's no amount of childish behavior that will beat what I've been through the past four years. So there you have it. I'm stuck with Corella for the foreseeable future. At least until I can finally get emancipated. Or get dad to divorce her. FML, you guys. In a recent interview, President Trump said that if he loses re-election to Joe Biden, Americans will have to learn to speak Chinese. While it is telling that the president sees the prospect of having to learn something as a threat, it should also be noted that Trump's presidency has already forced Americans to learn all sorts of things we did not want to have to know about. Like epidemiology, supply chain logistics, the science behind PPE, how money laundering works, bribery statutes, emoluments, quid pro quo, DOJ subpoena policies, the specific wording of a congressional oversight law written in the 1920s, tax fraud, insurance fraud, the Hatch Act, propaganda techniques, social media algorithm manipulation, the political structure of the Russian oligarchy, neo-Nazi talking points, conspiracy theories, Alzheimer tests, non-disclosure agreements, voter suppression tactics, and narcissistic personality disorder. We can now add to that list the history of the United States Postal Service. For a historical look at the United States Postal Service, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our own Harvard professor, so pretentious he insists on being called Dr. Professor. Neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. Notably absent from that list is political manipulation. Let us ratify this constitution, thus ensuring representative government and the free communication of information and ideas. Also, let's change the postal service so that they stop delivering opposition newspapers. Indeed, the idea of manipulating postal policy to produce a desired political outcome dates back to the debate over ratifying the United States Constitution in 1788. I hate the Constitution. Surely history will remember me as a hero for opposing this stupid document that nobody likes or will ever make reference to. It would take almost 220 years before Bill Cosby would become the first American to more sorely misjudge their eventual legacy. The Articles of Confederation are a complete failure, 
And if we continue to use them as the basis for our system of government, America will almost certainly fail. That's why I'm against changing them. Opponents of ratifying the Constitution were in many ways like the defenders of Trump's COVID response. We have to keep supporting this failed policy because I made up a bunch of really scary sounding improbable hypothetical scenarios about what might happen if we change course. But a group of the Constitution's most ardent supporters did share one disturbing tactical commonality with President Trump. Let's manipulate the Postal Service to achieve our political goals. And so, beginning in January of 1788, the Postmaster General changed the policies of the United States Postal Service to make it more difficult for opponents of ratification to distribute newspapers, leaflets, and letters. The best way to establish a system based on debate and the free exchange of ideas is to eliminate debate by suppressing the free exchange of ideas. This egregious hypocrisy proved intolerable to George Washington, who, though he was a fierce proponent of ratifying the Constitution, was fiercely opposed to manipulating the Postal Service as a means to a political end. We cannot use suppressive means to establish a government conceived in liberty, such hypocrisy would render the very idea of liberty meaningless. And bear in mind, I own slaves, so I'm willing to accept a great deal of hypocrisy when it comes to issues of liberty. Unfortunately, the pro-Constitution forces ignored the protestations of George Washington. You can't ignore me, I'm George fucking Washington! And continued using the mail to suppress opposition opinions. On second thought, the ability to ignore me is, in many ways, the entire point. Sorry for swearing. Thus, the Constitution was ratified. George Washington became the first president of the United States, and he established rules that would prevent the Postal Service from ever being used for the type of political manipulation that put him in the position to prohibit the Postal Service from being used for political manipulation. You can't cheat to win and then make it illegal to cheat to win the same way you cheated to win. America will never become a country where that happens. Even Bill Cosby's understanding of his legacy wasn't that far off base. My fellow Americans, by prohibiting the political manipulation of the United States Postal Service, I have set into motion the American legacy of doing horrible things to achieve a goal, and then begrudgingly admitting that those horrible things were, in fact, horrible, and then vowing to stop doing those horrible things, and then reframing the historical narrative so that somehow we come across as heroic for having stopped doing the horrible thing, instead of coming across as horrible for having done the horrible thing. And so the painfully slow course of American incremental progress was set into painfully slow motion until the presidency of Donald J. Trump defined making America great again as returning to the horribleness we thought we had overcome.
As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. I hereby declare that the worst parts of American history are my favorite parts of American history. Because many people are saying that we never should have fought a revolution against an insane and impulsive king. That should never be allowed to happen. The bad news is that another white police officer shot another unarmed black man in the back. The good news is that the usual victim-blaming bullshit that police usually do to justify shooting an unarmed black man does not seem to be working this time. The worst news is that this tragic news can be seen as good news. For a deeper look on how the fact that this counts as progress amplifies the need to achieve actual progress, Barely Audible Whisperer filed the following report. Imagine there's no heaven Seize if you try Great news! The police shot an unarmed black man seven times in the back. How was that great news? Let me finish. The great thing is that the usual right-wing talking points where they justify the shooting by bringing up the irrelevant criminal record of the victim doesn't seem to be working! But this is just another example of police treating a black life like it doesn't matter. The moral arc of the universe is long, but it always bends towards an increasingly smaller percentage of white people instinctively relying on a racist trope just justify racist behavior. The same thing happened with Rashad Brooks. He was drunk, resisted arrest, and stole the cop's taser, which used to be enough of an excuse to kill him. But the cops that killed him are still facing charges because that's no longer a good enough excuse for killing a black man. Progress! A white cop grabbed Jacob Blake by the shirt while Blake was walked away and then shot him seven times in the back. And there's a decent chance that the cop who did that might get into some trouble. Progress! This is an outrage. See? Even Republicans are outraged. Progress! Law enforcement is under attack in this country. Perhaps I proclaim progress prematurely. Jacob Blake has a criminal record. He is therefore a criminal, and shooting criminals is what the Law and Order platform is all about. Regress! He never committed a crime punishable by execution. And even if he did, there's a whole system of due process that doesn't begin and end with being shot seven times in the back. The thing about law and order is that it's really just about order, usually at the expense of the law. The law and order dog whistle is the perfect racist platform because it inherently sounds like something that will inherently be applied equally, but it also inherently appeals to the inherent biases, which are inherently racist justice system inherited. Regress! Sometimes law enforcement officers have to shoot people. So if law enforcement officers are afraid to shoot people when they have to shoot people because they get in trouble if they shoot people who they don't have to shoot, then law enforcement officers might get shot by the people they should shoot because they might become so hesitant to shoot anybody that they don't shoot who they're supposed to shoot. Therefore, the only way to protect law enforcement from getting shot by who they're supposed to shoot is to let them shoot whoever they decide to shoot, whether or not whoever they shoot deserves to be shot. How is it possible that you can wrap your head around that endless train of illogical logic but not grasp the simple concept that Black Lives Matter? 
That's the good news. That it's easier for Republicans to create seven hypothetical steps to reach an implausible conclusion than it is to admit that black people are human beings? No. The good news is that far fewer people are willing to accept the absurd rationalizations that police have been using to justify murdering black people, which is beginning to lead to police officers being held accountable, which if we remain vigilant, might lead to real police reform and less racist police brutality. Progress! You can't celebrate progress when an unarmed black man is shot seven times in the back. Regress. It's not enough progress to count as real progress, but the Trump administration has been marred by regress. So this too incremental to count as progress, progress in a time of tremendous regress is progress and that it is a redress of the regress. Relative incremental progress proportional to a regressive Republican administration. Black lives matter. Black lives more often than not usually don't not matter. Progress! Far-right, hyper-judgmental, evangelical jackass Jerry Falwell Jr. has come under fire for his involvement in a weird sexual liaison in which he would watch from the corner of the bedroom while his wife had sex with his business partner. For God commands that sex shall only be condoned between man and wife. Now, flip my wife around and do it from the behind. Like this? That's good. Now, slap her ass. Praise Jesus, that feels good. I will not tolerate blasphemy in my household. Sorry. I forgive your sinful transgressions. Now grab a hold of the headboard while our pool boy turned business partner gives it to you, Sodom and Gomorrah style. Ew, uh, I don't mean to judge, but that's just gross. The scandal has caused a debate amongst liberals who hate Jerry Falwell Jr. for obvious reasons. President Trump was sent by God to cut taxes on the rich, ignore COVID, and persecute the transgender. Because as it says in scripture... Give it to me hard, pool boy! How many times do I have to tell you to gag my wife while I'm quoting scripture? Sorry, sir. Ew! Most liberals feel uncomfortable criticizing someone else's consensual sexual relationships. Fortunately, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s extensive history of condemning all sexual encounters, except for those between a married heterosexual couple, make it possible for us to justify our own judgment. When a man lies with another man as with a woman, it is an abomination against God. Having said that, when a man watches another man lie with his wife, well, that can be a rather pleasant experience. This scandal comes on the heels of a different scandal in which Falwell posted a picture of himself and a young woman, both with their pants unbuttoned, to Instagram. Oops, I got so caught up in your sermon about how sinful infidelity is that I forgot to button my pants back up. <laughs> Me too. I guess I got a little flustered. It's been so long since I've had actual sex instead of staring creepily from a corner while other people have sex. Ew. Don't judge me. 
but judging people is what we do. This is just great. First, I have to have sex with a woman all by myself, and then she judges me for it. Hurry, I'm late, boss. Uh, do you still want me to have sex with that woman while you creepily watch from the corner? Obviously! I already had to have sex with her by myself once today. Please don't make me do it again. Sure thing, boss. The pervasive sexual perversion of secularist culture must be stopped. I agree. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go slap myself in the face with this dildo while I watch them from the other corner. That's why we must fully support a president who has cheated on all three of his wives and treats his children like assets. Family values. So yeah, we kind of feel like we have the right to judge on this one. Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, starring producer, co-host, and writer Dave Baldwin, co-host Molly Brown, writer and actor Daniel Carter-Brown, actors Michael Morgan, Ellie Glonick, and Corey Burns. Please check out our website, barelyaudiblewhisper.com, where you can subscribe to us or you can subscribe to us wherever it is that you choose to subscribe to your podcasts. We appreciate your support. Dude, what, Bones? <laughs> oh fat ass it's so it's like there's a thing this like it's innocence so to how michael to... says it it's well i, I, I mean it's... as like growing up watching star trek it's there's i've heard so many ways how you can just say the phrase bones in a friendly greeting manner it's just it really is so precious between the like, your husband me. hubris